0: Hello everyone, this is Josiah Hodge. I have the honor of being the lead pastor of Crossroads World Outreach Center in West Columbia, South Carolina. Thank you for listening in. I pray this content is life and good news to you. But once again, we're gonna go ahead and we're gonna jump right in to week three of our series, Cultivating the Church, entitled The Jesus Model. Statistics show That one person, each individual, is only capable of maintaining 40 healthy relationships. That's 40 healthy relationships. Now, why is that important? Because in those 40 healthy relationships, that includes your family. And so if you're someone like me who has a decent-sized family, that's already about 15 to 20 of your 40 already taken up. And so throughout history, before the early 2000s of the social media era, individuals would have only known up to 100 people max, max 100 people. Now in the social media era, majority of people have Facebook friends out the wazoo who you know, but not really. And so social media has really opened up our world to knowing many people but not having many actual relationships, healthy, functional relationships. And so today you're probably thinking, okay, I think I know where he's going with this. And yes, today is a plug for small groups at Crossroads. And so today we're going to dive into the Jesus model. And the Jesus model is the small group model. Jesus knew that we as humans need community in order to thrive and community in multiple layers. Now, what do I mean by that? There's a Sunday morning gathering, which there's no one here right now with me, but I can guarantee that C.E. Chavis over here and Lamont Fry are acting out already. So, you know what, fellas, tighten it up. I already know what y'all are doing in here. But there's multiple levels to the community. There's our overarching body that gathers on a Sunday morning, which this is not discipleship, by the way. This is a celebration. This is getting in the word together, um, celebrating what Jesus has done, worshiping him because he is Worthy. So there's, there's the overarching community of the body, and then it lowers into our small groups. And so it goes into small groups, smaller units, and then our serving teams. And so we as Christians need multiple levels of community, from large overarching to the very smallest microorganism in the church. And Jesus knew the importance of small groups of people who could belong together intimately know one another, and grow in knowledge and revelation as they pursue a common goal together. Jesus was the original small group leader. Jesus started the small group model. Small groups are community, small, more intimate within community, the larger body of the church We were made by the one who is community. Three in one. He is in himself community. And we were made by him to thrive within community. So today we're going to be talking through wrestling with the Jesus model as he showed us and lived out and why that matters for us as a body of Christ at Crossroads World Outreach. We're mainly going to be in the book of Mark today, the gospel of Mark. And our first scripture today is Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Mark chapter 2, verses 13 through 15. Jesus went out again beside the sea. The whole crowd was coming to him, and he was teaching them. So a massive crowd comes to Jesus, verse 14. Then passing by, he saw Levi, the son of Alphaeus. Sitting at the tax office. Jesus says to him, follow me. And Levi got up and followed him. While he was reclining at the table in Levi's house, this is Jesus. Many tax collectors and sinners were eating with Jesus and his disciples. Where there were many who were. Following him. So right off the bat, we have Jesus calling Levi, who number one was a tax collector, so he would have been an outcast in society. So he called Levi to follow him. Now, anytime Jesus called someone to follow him, to be his disciple, he was calling someone into deep, intimate community. He's calling them to follow him in a tight banded group who would do life together, who would hear Jesus's teachings, who would do life and follow what Jesus did and how he interacted with other people. So he calls Levi. So number one, he's giving Levi an outsider, a place to belong. And not only is he giving Levi a place to belong, but he says there were many sinners who were following Jesus. And so if there's one thing about Jesus, Jesus longs to give every person a place to belong. Jesus didn't reject anyone. As many who would follow him, Jesus allowed to follow him. And so Jesus called Levi into the tight inner circle of the disciples, but he also had others following him who then belonged within community. To be a disciple of Jesus would be to be with Jesus the vast majority of the time. Learning from what he said, what he did, and how he interacted with others. And so Jesus, when Jesus called them to follow him, it was a call to belong. Jesus was saying, you belong here. Mark three, thirteen through 14. Mark chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Jesus went up to the mountain and summoned those he wanted, and they came to him. And he appointed 12 whom he also named apostles to be with him, to send them out to preach. So right here, Jesus, it says Jesus summoned those he wanted and they came to him. He appointed 12 whom he named apostles to be with him. What was this call from Jesus? This call from Jesus was was a call to belong, saying you belong here with me. There's belonging in this group. You belong here. Here and so, with SeaWalk small groups. Every human has an innate need to belong somewhere. It, it's it's in it's in our deeper innermost being where we want to belong to something. We want to belong to a group of people. We want a group to call home. And here at Crossroads, we believe that these small groups are a place where you can say to yourself. I belong here. These are my people. And so culture may consider you an outsider, may consider me a misfit, just as those a lot of those who followed Jesus were considered misfits and outcasts. But the beauty of, of being in a small group here is that you are accepted and you are chosen. So just as Jesus called those to follow his to follow him and be in his inner circle, small groups here at Crossroads are, are a lot like that. Small groups here at Crossroads are a place for you to belong. It's a place where that, where that belonging, that need to belong inside of you is fulfilled. It's a place of, of rest, a place to call home, a place to say, these are my people. I can be myself here. It's a safe space. It's a space for you to be you and not have to pretend like you do in the world that you're someone else. But it's a place to come as you are and to know that you are chosen. You are accepted here, so just as the call to follow Jesus was a call to belong, small groups here at Crossroads are also a call for you to belong. It's a it's a call for you to not get lost in the crowd of a hundred people, hundred and twenty people, but a place for you for you to belong. Not just to be a number, not just to fit in a crowd, but a place for you to belong in intimate small groups. Let's go to Mark chapter six. Mark chapter six verses 30 through 32. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all that they had done and taught. So that's where Jesus sends them out. And he said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. For many people were coming and going and they don't even have time to eat. So they went away in the boat by themselves to a remote place. Now, I want to look at this story. So Jesus sends them out to go do ministry. So Jesus has called them in. They're not following. They belong. And so Jesus sends them out to go do ministry because Jesus would equip them and send them out. And so they come back and they're telling Jesus they're probably tired. They've been doing ministry. And look what Jesus said. He said to them, come away by yourselves to a remote place and rest for a while. So Jesus, in this story, he he pulls his disciples away from the masses. He pulls them away from the large crowds to rest and to be replenished. And so not only are small groups a place for you to belong, but it's a place for you to be intimately known. Now, intimacy is a word used in America that most people think of adult relations with one another. But That's actually about the sixth definition for that word. That word actually means for you to to be deeply known for who you truly are. And so Jesus in this group, not only did they belong, but there was intimacy. They were deeply known in that group. And so while Jesus could have just left them amongst the masses, Jesus calls them to himself, away from the crowds to a place of intimate rest and a place to be replenished. And the thing about this is Matthew 13, 36 says that he left the crowds and went to the house So Jesus, leaves the masses. He goes into a private house and guess who's there? His disciples approached him. And so Jesus leaves the crowds and comes into an intimate place of rest, and here his disciples are with him. They deeply knew Jesus, and Jesus deeply knew them. Jesus stayed in their homes. He knew their families and they knew his. And so not only was this a place for them to belong, but it was a place of intimacy for them to deeply know Jesus and Jesus to deeply know them. And so small groups at crossroads are a place for you to be deeply known and to deeply know others. And so small groups at crossroads are are an inner circle. And I want to talk about this. It's an inner circle, not a clique. An inner circle is a group where you can trust with just about anything in your life, but it doesn't mean you exclude other people. Because we always want our small groups to be adapting, to be growing, to raise up leaders to then go and smart, start other small groups. And so it's an inner circle, not a clique. A clique is, is a group that outcasts people. They don't let them in. But an inner circle is a group where you trust with the most intimate details of your life. So just as the disciples were Jesus's most inner circle, here at Crossroads, within the large overarching body of Crossroads, we now want a place for you to have that level of intimacy of an inner circle, eight to 10 people that can truly know you and you can truly know them it's a place to truly be known and to truly know others it's a place for your story to be known not just your name because we never want crossroads to be a place where we just know your name and we don't know your story but it's also a trusted space it's a space to bring darkness to light it's a space to reveal your sense to one another it's a place to bring forth those those past hurts and traumas that you've clung on to for so long, the condemnation, the guilt, and the shame. It's a place to bring those things to the light, to your inner circle, to people you trust. It's a place to be open and honest, but it's also a space of rest. It's a place you can come after a hard week, a place where you can come after pouring out to your spouse, your your children, your work life. It's a place you can come to breathe. To get away from the crowds, to come to that place of rest, to, to rest and be replenished for the week ahead, to, to a therapy session for you to come and get these things off your chest and then be replenished by Jesus and your most inner circle. So not only are smart birds a place for you to be long, but they're a place for you to be deeply known. Let's go to Mark chapter eight, verses 27 through 29. Jesus went out with his disciples to the villages of Caesarea Philippi. And on the road, he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? They answered him, John the Baptist, others, Elijah, still others, one of the other prophets. But you, he asked them, who do you say that I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You see, Jesus revealed truths to His small group, His disciples, that He did not reveal to others. Jesus trusted them with revelation He did not with others because they were all after the same goal they were all after the father all after the kingdom of god and jesus's innermost circle he trusted with revelation he didn't trust to the larger masses to to the other groups and so small groups at crossroads are a place where iron sharpens iron we grow together. So what does that mean? That means as I come and I'm growing better and you come and you're growing better, we're now feeding off of each other because who you do life with are is the person you're going to look like. Those who have your ear have your future. Those you hang out with, right, are those who predict what your future is going to look like. And so iron sharpens iron. As I get better, as I grow, you're getting better. You're growing. And it's also a place to be stretched And a place to grow, to learn from others, to learn from the wisdom and the knowledge and the revelation of others who are being poured into by Holy Spirit. It's a place to get out of your own echo chamber. Now, what do I mean by that? We live in a very dogmatic, divided world right now. And so what happens is we get in groups where we're all saying the same thing. We're all thinking the same thing. We're all looking at the world the same way. But this is a place for you to come for your, your perspectives to be challenged, your worldview to be challenged, your views on scripture to be challenged. This is a place to come together to grow and be stretched in knowledge and wisdom and revelation. It's a place to come together where we're all after the same Go. We're all after growing in knowledge and the revelation of Jesus. And Jesus said this, Jesus said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, surely I shall be there. So not only are small groups a place for you to belong, to be deeply known, but it's also a place to grow in revelation and knowledge of Jesus Christ, And so when we come together and we know we belong to this group and we're deeply known in this group and we're all striving after Jesus together in this group, something beautiful happens. And it's called discipleship. Now, let me say this. Discipleship is not possible on a Sunday morning. Where you are right now, it's not possible because you're not in intimate relationship right now. You're sitting here listening to the word, ingesting, preparing, and receiving what is being said. Now discipleship is done in small groups. Now what do I mean by discipleship? I mean growing closer to Jesus together, following Jesus together, intimately knowing Jesus and knowing one another, and going to him together. Now small groups of people who can belong together, intimately know one another, and grow in knowledge and revelation as they pursue a common goal together. Who's the goal? It's Jesus. One more time. Discipleship is done in small groups, small groups of people who can belong together intimately know one another and grow in knowledge and revelation as they pursue a common goal together. And that goal is Jesus. And discipleship is a must in this Christian walk. It's where we grow in our understanding, grow in our knowledge, grow in our maturity, grow in the fruit, grow in the revelation of Jesus Christ. It's a must in this Christian walk. And it's also a must in Christian community. It's a must in the church of Jesus Christ. Christ. And this is your invitation to join a small group and thrive because we thrive in community. This is your invitation to join a small group, to jump in, to really step into the life that Christ created you for. But before I end today, I want to share an illustration. With you. It's the cup illustration. Now, The cup represents your life. And those of you who are married and have kids and in this Christian life, we're told to pour ourselves out, which is good, right? And so you get married and you pour yourself out. You have kids and you pour yourself out. You're at your workplace and you pour yourself out. And the thing about a cup is is it's, if it's tipped over, it's only ever pouring out. And so what happens in life is we pour out to our spouses and we pour out to our kids and we pour out to our friends and, and our families and our work life and we're a cup tipped over trying to be filled up and even if we get a little bit of something it's then just going to trickle back out and then we come to church on Sundays and and maybe for an hour we tilt the cup up to Jesus and maybe for an hour in our week we we get filled up a little bit and then Monday starts again and i tip my cup over to pour out and i'm pouring out and i'm pouring out and i'm pouring out and, pouring out and, pouring out and i realize I'm empty, and I'm I'm struggling, and I don't know why I don't fulfill fulfilled fulfilled in Jesus, and I don't feel fulfilled in my family, and I don't feel satisfied satisfied with how I'm living, how I'm walking, how my life is, and then I'm stuck in this cycle of constantly pouring out, and that's where burnout comes from, that's where exhaustion comes from, and that's where just being absolutely exhausted comes from from pouring out and pouring out and pouring out. And now the beauty of small groups in the Christian community is this. In Christian community, the thought process isn't I pour out to then receive from other people. The thought process is this. I tilt my cup up to be filled, to be fulfilled, to be satisfied by the only one who truly can. And so in Christian community, you don't come to pour yourself out so other people can fill you. In Christian community, our cups are already tilted up. And we come together to remind each other that he's the one who fulfills us. He's the one who satisfies us. And that in the midst of the hardship and the exhaustion and the toil, that when we tip our cup over to other people, we have to remember that we have to tip it back up. Because a cup was made, the design of it, was made to be upright so it can then be filled and then it can quench the thirst of other people. It can give to the needs of other people, but then it's lifted back up to then be filled again. And the beauty of Jesus is Jesus said this. He said, I came to give them life and life more abundantly. So think, think about this cup. Here's your little, little crossroads plug right there. Think about this mug under Niagara Falls. Think about just the water pouring and overflowing and overflowing because Jesus doesn't just want you to barely make it by and be exhausted. Jesus wants to overflow your cup to the point that you can pour out and pour out and pour out. But every time you're pouring out, you're lifting back up to to then be filled by Jesus. So the beauty of small groups is this. Small groups are a place you can come tired from being poured out. But then you come to small groups and you're reminded by a group of people who love you and know you intimately, a place where you belong and grow in revelation. And you're reminded that only Jesus is the one who fulfills and satisfies our hearts. So that's my cup illustration that this is your life. And if we're finding ourselves constantly pouring out, constantly pouring out, constantly pouring out, but never being in community where it points us to Jesus, reminding us only Jesus can fill us, then we're going to be one empty, tired little Christian this is your invitation to join Christian community in a level deeper than you ever have before, a place where you can belong, a place where you can be deeply known, and a place where you can grow in the knowledge and revelation of Jesus Christ. Bow your heads with me as we pray and prepare for communion.